It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour on the America Outlaw Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio, where you're going to hear the voices of freedom and the outlaw truth from military and intel experts worldwide. My name is Lieutenant Colonel Sorge Singeri, U.S. Army retired. I am your host and also a member of the board with the National Security Hour. Also, the uh, host of New Paradigms with Sorge Singeri, which you can see uh, every Monday. Uh, on uh, my Rumble channel. The America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best-in-class apps available on Apple, Android, and Alexa, where we stream 24-7, and now you can also hear them on the podcast on those same apps. Today, I have the pleasure of having uh, two dear friends, Amanda Steele, the president and also the chair of the Zelenko Freedom Foundation, uh, the uh, host of the Zelenko Report, and former host of the Steel Truth, and former president and co-host of Your Voice America, and also Michael Young, America's most experienced war correspondent. They're both joining me here today to give us an update on what they have been doing on the uh, border, specifically in lieu of the operation that they have been involved in, which is Operation Burning Edge, and especially after the uh, both POTUSes, Trump and Biden uh, ha- were at the uh, Texas border trying to make their pitch and their point to the uh, U.S. citizens as to how maybe they can uh, address the issues of illegal immigration. Uh, and I do want to start with you uh, before we begin our show uh, in detail, and uh, I want to take your perspective, first and foremost, before we start talking about the politicians and their approach to these issues, uh, just your view on uh, Lincoln Riley, the 26-year-old uh, Augusta University student who was killed. Uh, what is it that maybe some of the Americans that we have here in this country are just not understanding as to how that affects the rest of us? who really want to stem the tide of some of these illegal immigrants that are coming here with criminal records. Uh, Sargas, thanks for having us on here. You know, 22-year-old nursing student, a beautiful young lady, Lakin Riley, being killed, right? She's a University of Georgia nursing student who had her whole life ahead of her. I'm a mom. I have children that range from 20 to 26 years old. It's a mother's worst nightmare to get that phone call that your child is dead, but then to find out your child was murdered and then to find out your child was murdered by an illegal alien. And all you see on mainstream media is tips on how, if you're going to be jogging in the dark, you should wear skull, uh, skull uh, headphones versus plug in earphones or only wear one earbud so that you can hear attackers coming is just a capitulation of saying, yep, we know you're going to be vulnerable. We know that violence is there. So here's how you should protect yourself because we've allowed the violence to come in and the mainstream media is infuriating. Uh, the, the perspective people are getting is the wrong perspective. They're focusing on how to protect yourself from violence when in fact we should be focusing in more importantly at this point is stopping the violence from coming here. When you have an illegal immigrant, 26 year old Jose Ibarra, who's from Venezuela, 
70% of Venezuela has already left and they've made their way into the U.S. The prisons in Venezuela have been emptied and they're heading here into the U.S. or they're already here. Prisons around the world are being emptied and they're headed here. The border that Joe Biden claims is so secure is not a border at all. He dissolved it with the Declaration of North America in lieu of supporting diversity, equity, inclusion, and migration. And he's collaborating with Trudeau in Canada and uh, Obrador in Mexico. This is a full-on assault of a sovereign nation and its people that depend upon the federal government or have expected their federal government based on our constitution to defend us using Article 4, Section 4, to which they haven't. So the American people need to clearly understand, Sargas, that the government is not working for we the people. They're at war with we the people. They are purposely importing these violent criminals into our nation. And they're now telling people make sure you only wear one headphone or get skull uh, skull headphones so you can hear violence coming at you so you don't become a victim to violence. Are you kidding me? This is not the answer. This is not what the mainstream media should be, should be uh, furthering a narrative of. They should be talking about where the problem lies, who is responsible, and how our government has sold ourselves, our, sold our country to the highest bidder out of the World Economic Forum and the United Nations, whose NGOs are collaborating uh, very nicely, I might add, in, in, in a very, in, um, uh, shall we say, succinct fashion to import millions of bad people. And we're going to continue to see this. Now, I will say this, social media shows a lot of uh, outrage in the young generation. And that, to me, is maybe the only thing positive that's come out of this, is that it's waking up the one generation that has been buried in their Instagram and not paying attention to what's really going on in the world. So they're getting a dose of reality of just how bad our situation is. And I hope that they continue to pay attention. No, I hope they pay attention. Um, you know, when um, I ran in the 2020 election, I ran for U.S. Congress here against a minority whip uh, from a Republican nominee against a Democratic uh, um, congresswoman here in uh, Skokie, Illinois, where, uh, of course, uh, judge made the decision that they're going to go ahead and remove Trump's name from the ballot. So me as an election judge, even uh, where I'm going to be in a nursing home on the 15th of this month uh, and then uh, also on the 19th at the uh, uh, election site, uh, it is very much possible that uh, any Republican who comes in may not have an opportunity to vote for Trump. And I remember a friend of mine who worked on the Democratic side of the House after the elections, of course, uh, with uh, Biden, uh, you know, uh, winning the election, uh, stated that uh, the first thing they're going to do is open up the uh, borders. He said right now when they were looking at the numbers before Biden won, the estimation was that they would need somewhere around 2 million votes that he could garner for the next election. And now we're talking about almost 7 million plus have entered the United States. And uh, frankly, a lot of those individuals have come in, whether you like it or not, their names are going to end up being used possibly on these mail-in ballots that are just being sent out to anyone. To include individuals who have passed away, uh, my father who passed away here um, years ago, uh, my friend whose son had uh, passed away and was buried in Arlington, having a mail-in ballot sent to under his name to a previous address that uh, most likely from his perspective was voted on. Uh, so uh, this is the issue that you know may have uh, or may not have led to what is happening on the southern border. But Mike, uh, I'll... Uh, uh, I know you've been covering it from day one, um, and you've seen how the infrastructure has been set to where it makes it easier for them to come through the border. Do you think right now they're addressing it because they may have the captain numbers that they needed to address their wants and desires for the next election? Or is this something that 
is a gift that keeps on giving to the individuals who want to use these uh, um, migrant workers uh, for their wants and benefits. And uh, is there anything that you're seeing that may actually change the possibility of uh, uh, maybe having some kind of a bill come through the uh, house in this case that might be able to uh, at least stem the tide until maybe hopefully there's a presidential change that can at least address the illegal uh, immigrants with criminal records that are sitting in this country. No, they're not, they're not going to stop anything. This is all nonsense. Uh, this is We're in a state of war. We're being invaded. They're not going to follow mere rules. They don't care what any judges say. Judges have no authority whatsoever in the state of war other than in, in the kayfabe. The left-wing judges obviously are – there's pretensions that people listen to them as well. But in reality, this is about a globalist takeover of the United States and Europe and Japan and, and beyond, right? I just got a message from a Border Patrol agent friend. Here's the, here's the message I'm sharing with permission. Biden is visiting the Brownsville border station. I'm sorry, I'll start from the beginning. Biden is visiting the Brownsville border patrol station. Agents are not permitted in the station at that time. Brass only. Agents have to muster at the gas pumps. Biden is a coward, too afraid to face the agents. End. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is it's all just show and tell. They're not doing anything. There is no border. As uh, Ann just mentioned, Ann Vandersteel talked about the Declaration of North America. The borders do not exist. And the, any idea that they do is false. I mean, we're down there all the time. We just came in from Panama. And I can assure you that the flows are increasing through Panama. And many of the people flowing, the people that would have flown through or come through Panama just months ago are now flying through. So even as the numbers through the Darien Gap increase, more and more people are just flying over, right? And so uh, uh, and flying into the United States or they're coming in through Canada or they come up on the beaches of Florida and they come, many of them are coming in from the Bahamas. They buy boats there. There's a giant Chinese bah uh, uh, embassy in the Bahamas. I mean, this is a globalist fight, globalist fight against globalists. Interestingly, though, you see uh, the globalists also building huge U.S. embassy in Guatemala. I was just down there looking at that. It's absolutely massive. You know, why Why is the U.S. building such a huge uh, embassy in Guatemala? The Guatemalans were asking. I'm like, well, because that's your, your new government center when this is over, right? I mean, we know it's unfolding. You know what's unfolding. No, you know, we Sargis, the, uh, President Trump said when he was at the border that, you know, he, he torched Biden. He torched him completely for opening up the border. He said this is a Joe Biden invasion. This is what President Trump said when he was at the border. He's calling it exactly what it is. It's Joe Biden's America. It's Joe Biden's invasion. Period. Die. I don't know what else needs to be said. No, look, um, um, I think we all kind of agree. Um, um, border Patrol had stated uh, with Biden being on the uh, border that, um, quote, uh, keep our name out of uh, your mouth, unquote. So we're not happy. Look, uh, uh, I've, I've, unfortunately, I've dealt with uh, politicians doing this. Uh, I remember on my second tour when Hillary Clinton was uh, uh, in Iraq and uh, my buddy was providing security uh, for a detail there. And uh, they kept on moving his security detail until a uh, um, young staffer came and closed doors on them. So he ended up having to kick the door open, came out. He's like, what the hell are you doing to the staffer? And she's like, well, you know, we have, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
Clinton coming in and uh, she didn't want to be around uniform guys. <laughs> and uh, they pretty much put that staffer against the wall and said, listen to me, I have to provide security. You want you grab your ass, move to another position. And if she doesn't like to see uniform guys, tell her not to come here anyway. I mean, this is this is the type of stuff you get to deal with. Um, you know, I remember this is the kind of stuff that people could do if they just man up and say, actually, we're just going to stay here and keep working. If he doesn't like it, then he can F off and go back to wherever he came from. Well, that, I mean, seriously, yeah, that, that that erodes their that erodes their that erodes the the illusion that they can be do anything they want and with godlike powers. If the border patrol agents just refuse to leave, then he'll just have to go somewhere else, right? And it'll be all over the news that the border patrol agents didn't clear the way for His Majesty the Meathead Dog King Biden, right? He's not the guy is nothing but a sausage sausage in a suit. He's obviously not the president. He obviously has no authority whatsoever. He's just paraded around. He doesn't even know where he's at. He probably doesn't even know he's in Texas. I mean, and, and if the Border Patrol and other people just stand up, then their authority erodes immediately. And, and again, that can be sort of passive, not active, just like, well, I'm not going to leave my desk. Yeah. Or like, uh, like I give you the example, my friend basically kicked the door open and said, no, it's not going to happen. And the staffer was put against the wall and the staffer figured it out and the staffer had no authority. Now, the, uh, there was a complaint made to the commander and the commander was like, I don't really care. You know, my guy is providing security. You have no right to come here in a combat area of operation to tell us how to run it. And you're right. If some of these folks took a little bit more, much of a uh, stronger stance. I mean, who was going to remove a border patrol from over there? You were going to have, uh, what, uh, Secret Service drawing guns on them? I mean, these are the things that I think sometimes American people just keep on, especially various different unions and capabilities, sometimes just buckle uh, for no reason. And I think if they held their ground, uh, they at least were able to get uh, the word in edgewise to uh, let the... Uh, leadership know that this is not acceptable and here's the issues that are tied to it. And um, let, me, I want let me say, can I, can I say something in that regard real quick? You know, like the staffer you're talking about. One thing I noticed in the wars when I was in the wars is that often you'll hear somebody say, well, general so-and-so wants such and such, you know, something that's, you know, like doesn't make sense or whatever. And I'd be like, really? So if I call that general right now, uh, is that general going to say what you just said or, or did somebody, or did some, general and air quotes actually say this because i've done that before and i'll be like well you know i've got the general's phone number right here let's call him up you're right you know i mean so it's a dangerous game to play when somebody says so and so said to do such and such and such and i'd be like okay well i'll just publish that general so and so said that is that okay with you they usually back right off because mm -hmm. often these generals they're just throwing their names around and and, and it's not actually real they're throwing around basically you know uh, fake business cards they might be on their staff, but the the general didn't actually say anything, right? Yeah, they uh, they tend to try to wear uh, somebody else's rank. I remember when my uh, buddy was uh, selected to be a um, be a staff uh, support for the Erno. I gave him a little mirror that he would put next to his telephone, and I, you know, on it I wrote uh, "Always smile" when you're basically uh, you know answering the phone, and I. Uh, you know, don't ever wear your boss's rank on your sleeves. Uh, I know that's a navy term, but it was basically saying, you know, you're not the uh, you're not general or the air. No, you're just a staff officer. Yeah. Keep that in the mind. General's and, wife, the yeah. general's wife. Bottom line, right? Bottom line. But, don't be the general's wife. But and I know that uh, both Biden and um, um, Trump are gonna, you know, from their perspective in this case, Biden will try to address it because of the polls, and Trump is gonna try to make changes. But I mean. 
Uh, you know, uh, even uh, the director of Homeland Security, uh, Mayorkas, stated that we have rescinded so many of the executive orders of President Trump in 2021. I believe he said it, that he said, I can't even tell you how many there are and what their effects were. So uh, is there any way that you think that uh, Congress, at least the bill that was introduced in the House, may get some legs or some pressure at least? put on uh, the Senate, in this case, the Senate Majority Leader Schumer, to try to uh, bring it to the floor and maybe try to see if there's uh, any places in language that could be worked on for it to pass, or you think that we have to just wait until hopefully if Trump wins, comes in sometime next uh, uh, January, possibly be able to, again, use his executive order to get anything done? Well, uh, that's how he governed the first time, right? He was a benevolent dictator because that's what he was relegated to. He didn't have a Congress he could really work with despite his best efforts. And, and as much capitulation as he did, he really didn't have a Congress that he could work with. And that's the problem that we face in our country right now. We don't have a really a, a legitimate government of, by, and for the people. So to think that you're going to get something with Schumer get done, not unless, of course, there's billions of dollars more for Ukraine or Israel or whatever, uh, you know, they they couldn't spend $10 billion to finish and build a wall. That was too expensive. But how many billions have we already sent to Ukraine? Let's just start there and do the math and go backwards. So the fact that we even consider Congress getting anything done after the track record for the last 50 years is we're just that's a definition of insanity. It's not going to happen. All right. So this is now back on our shoulders. We, the people, the rightful rulers of this land as President Trump reminded us on January 20th, 2017, he turned the power back over to the people and the people don't know what to do with it because we haven't had civics in our lives since Jimmy Carter eradicated education with the Department of Education. So we're in a position right now, Sargas, where it's truly we are educating our, our citizenry here in the United States as to what their responsibilities are, what their skin in the game is in the second covenant nation that God so gracefully gave to us 250 years ago and people bought and died for. And we've got to take it back. And we're starting to see the people around the country mobilize in that fashion. You know, every state, if you look at the state constitution, uh, militia is not a dirty word. That's actually a responsible thing to have in your county to be an enforcement arm for your sheriffs and for your grand juries. It is perfectly lawful and it's expected. We need to have those polished and ready to be able to defend and engage and and take action uh, based on Article 1, uh, uh, Section 10, Clause 3. We need to do that because states have the rights to defend themselves. And the sooner we come to that you know, reality, and we and we discard the federal government, which is a cancerous leech upon every 50 state that is there to take from all of us and not produce anything to benefit us, uh, that the sooner then we'll solve this problem. So to answer your question in a long-winded roundabout way is, no, I don't expect anything to come out of Congress meaningful in terms of border security and stemming the tide, because Congress works for the World Economic Forum, and they're globalist partners, and that does not. And their agenda is not about keeping America sovereign country. It's about destroying America because they're after the world, and we're in the way. Yeah, the people are always in the way, aren't they? Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, the, you know, governments are there to serve the people, but uh, so be it. Um, with that said, uh, we're gonna. That's take not what's happening. That's not what's happening. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I was being sarcastic. But with that said, uh, we got to come back to the second segment and uh, discuss a little bit more about Operation Burning Edge and the most recent updates. Again, uh, my guests are Amanda Steele, the president and chair of the Zelenko Freedom Foundation, and also Michael Yon, America's most experienced war correspondent. 
cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real-world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Fight back with HealRight. HealRight is a bar you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Take action today. Visit HealRight.com outloud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OUTLOUD for 20% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back to the Natural Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio. Again, I am your host, Lieutenant Colonel Sargis Singiri, U.S. Army Retired. And I have a pleasure of having two dear friends here with me, Amanda Steele, who is the president and chair of the Zelenko Freedom Foundation, and also Michael Yon, who is America's most experienced war correspondent. Michael, I want to start off with uh, talking about uh, the updates on the Operation Burning Edge. If you could give our listeners a little bit of an update why you guys started this operation. And then uh, I know that you had a large group uh, uh, just this past uh, week or so down in Panama. Uh, what is the most uh, recent update that uh, you've been able to secure? Well, we've made a, a great deal of progress. Um, we've um, on Burning Edge, we've done some tremendous things. You know, yesterday I was on Tucker Carlson's show. It hasn't aired yet. And, you know, he had, he had gone to uh, the Colony Ridge north of Houston. And I mentioned to Tucker uh, on the show, his going there was probably a derivative of our burning edge operation where Ann Vandersteel and I got together and we assembled a team. We got some journalists like from Daily Wire. We got a couple overtime congressmen and others. And we just brought a lot of attention uh, to to Colony Ridge. And that was at the inspiration of Todd Bensman. I think you've had Todd Bensman on your show excellent author i talked with him last night for a long time actually yeah i have had him on the show before so because todd, todd wrote about colony ridge in the last chapter of his book overrun so the idea actually came from him but ann ann vandersteel and i well ann's on the show i don't need to say her last name <laughs> <laughs> hello ann <laughs> but um, so uh but ann uh, and i started operation burning edge and you know and uh, a, a a patriot named Dave, David Cannon allowed us to use his helicopter and whatnot and, and do many trips over the Colony Ridge. And then, you know, people like Tucker showed up. People like, um, uh, who's the guy, uh, the super famous guy from the Nazarene Fund? Um, good Lord. Anyway, uh, anyway, anyway, another one of the big, uh, 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 huge, huge guy. Anyway, he went out there and did a documentary on it. Um, oh, good Lord. I know. I'm yeah. Anyway, and uh, but anyway, ended up in lawsuits and whatnot, and a, a lot of things. And then, and Anne and I went down with our Burning Edge team. Are, to space are you are you trying to remember uh, Tim Ballard? Is that the name you're? No, not him. About? Not him. Okay. He's he's um. Oh, good lord! Anyway, he's a. I can see his face. Uh, I, 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 anyway, the bottom line is is um his his team has reached out to me before. I'm sorry, but but the bottom line is is we went to. Because Glenn Beck was the uh, Glenn Beck. I mean, oh, Glenn Beck. Oh, okay, okay. I was gonna say, okay, Glenn Beck. Yeah, yeah definitely. Glenn Beck. He's the, uh, so, the CEO. So the Glenn Beck yeah. went out there. Yeah, Glenn Beck went out there, and um, 
and did his thing. And, and all this was clearly derivative of, well, Todd Bensman's idea. And then Ann Vander Steel right here beside me. And I went out there and started burning edge and got, and got the attention and called for fire on it. We then went, Ann and I took burning edge team down to uh, SpaceX and we did the same down there. Then you saw Elon Musk start to go to the border and pay close attention. Yep. Keep in mind, we never, we never even thought about reaching out to Elon. We never even messaged SpaceX. We never sent an email to, unless you did. Anne. I did not. I, we never reached out. We were at SpaceX all the time for, you know, coming and going for a couple of weeks, never reached out to him, never spoke with anybody there. And, the, but our intent was to call for fire and get attention so that Elon and others would start paying. And now you see Elon on it every day. Now, again, it does, they may not even know why they're getting involved. That's why I told uh, Tucker Carlson yesterday when I was uh, on his show uh, that, you know, your going there was great. It was almost it was almost certainly it was derivative of Operation Burning Edge. That's what we've done in Darien Gap as well. And, and you see uh, Darien Gap is now some of the hottest news out there. And again, it's because of Burning Edge. We go there. We bring a lot of people in like Epoch Times, like Oscar Blue. Like, uh, oh, good Lord, so many. Uh, uh, Brett Weinstein was just Laura out there. Laura Loomer. Laura Loomer. Good Lord, Laura Loomer is a force of nature. I mean, yeah. everybody's like, I can't believe you took Laura Loomer and blah, 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 blah. It's like, listen, bottom line is Laura Loomer is like a Marine. She wakes up fighting. She hits the beach and she works all day and goes to bed fighting. When we were down there, for instance, we were driving by some buses one day, and Anne's the same way, by the way. We were driving by some buses. This is like two weeks ago. Gorilla style. She hops out. Yeah, she's like, stop the car. You know, she jumps out, and next thing you know, she's on the bus with her Bunch camera. African migrants that were all sick, according to the yeah. bus driver, and she's she's just grilling them in their face. Yeah, So and and then and then she put that on Twitter, and there's millions of people saw it, right? So, I mean, and, and, or how about Ann yesterday? We're driving down the road or somewhere, wherever we were, and Ann's reading something out from Arizona, one of her contacts. You know, something was going on. And so Ann just, you know, takes a, a bite out of the day and puts that on Twitter, and it's had about, I don't know, four or five million hits so far. So, I mean, they fight. Everybody's always trying to say, what are you doing with Ann Vandersteel? And now Laura Loomer and all this. But guess what? They're winning battles. They're taking out pillboxes. You know what I'm saying? While everybody else is out arguing about what should we do today? You know, what football game should we watch? You know, what kind of beer should we drink? How about hit the beach and start taking out pillboxes? <laughs> no, I hear you, Mike. It's uh, funny just sitting back here and uh, listening to you talk about it. But look, uh, I mean, you you plant the seed, right? That's all you could do. And uh you Force know, multiplication, uh, sir. Yeah. Force multiplication. Yeah, that's it. That's all it is. And uh, information operations is important. You're gonna get out there fight. I know you've uh, uh, multiple times that asked me to come. We were dealing with what was happening overseas, and you know, given the fact that uh, this past Wednesday, uh, viewers or listeners may not know, basically the uh, Supreme Court of Iraq uh, basically said, you know, yeah, those five uh, Christian seats. Do you even call them a certain Christian seats? Yeah, why don't we just nullify those? Uh, they don't exist in northern Iraq, and uh, they're they're not going to be able to exist uh, independently in the Iraqi government. So you know we we have a nation that our guys went out fought. You know I was on the battlefields there. You've been down there, and uh, after all the sacrifice U.S. did for uh, uh, Iraq, uh, the way they pay us back is basically to say the one Armenian seat, the five uh, Christian seats, and of course the five Turkmen seats, they're just, uh, we're going to just scratch them off the uh, 
uh, off the Constitution. So if you guys want to ever be in a position in the parliament of your ought to have a say in your own historical homelands, uh, a certain Christians, why don't you go uh, figure out how else to do it? But you cannot do it uh, independently. So uh, we've been dealing with that. So now that I'm pretty much done with all that work, uh, uh, most likely I'm going to surprise you and show up uh, sooner than later. Uh, all to right. Well, you, we're talking about. You, you and I were already together in Japan and in Thailand. Speaking of Thailand, next door, Chuck Colton's over there. He just got involved in an airstrike. They, he said they dropped some one or two bombs, I think, and missed him and his group and then did about a dozen strafing runs on him. And uh, and then there were some other actions. They lost some people. So he's out in Burma right now with FBR, Free Burma Rangers. You know, those guys are very serious men and women. Uh, and uh, and they're fighting. They're defending, you know, the Karen people, the Kachin people, all the different people out there, the different tribes or the different ethnic, ethnic ethnicities are fighting against that tyrannical government. And, yeah, they uh, are. And unfortunately, fighting against each other, too. Well, that, it's that government that uh, was supported by the CCP. Remember, I uh, when we met after we were down there, I came back, gave a uh, white paper to the National Security Council and uh, basically laid it out. And I even gave one to the shadow minister separately, a uh, little bit, of course, written for uh, Australia oh, specific to the Australia. Can I interrupt you? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. You and I were together in a very private meeting with those tribal leaders in an undisclosed place in an undisclosed country. And they were talking about how the CCP is coming in and, and doing what they, and, you know, the Pashtun people told me the same about some things that were going on in Pakistan, the things that they told us, the way the CCP was dividing the people off from each other and the government, they were doing that in Burma. And then, you know, and again, the Pashtun people have told me they were doing the same in, in Pakistan, because they were asking me for help. I'm like, you're Pashtun people. You kick everybody's butts, man. You're asking me for help? I, was like, I should be asking you for help. I'm like, do your magic on the Chinese, man. Get them out of Gwadar. You know, get them out of get them out of Karachi. Get them out of all those places. Well, well remember, I, I don't know if uh, you can remember. I know it's been a long time, but I was in Australia after I had just given the... Uh, was it after or before I had given the... Uh, it was uh, yeah after I had given the paperwork to the national uh, you know the uh, the white paper to the uh, uh, shadow minister in Australia about how the Chinese were basically sucking everything out of Australia and how they were tied uh, through the mining uh, specifically to what they were trying to do within Asia as far as their long term plan is concerned. And keep in mind when me and you were in Japan, I met with the Ministry of Interior and I could talk about it because I didn't have a you know, anything written, non-disclosure statement or anything with those guys. And I told them that China's looking at expanding its ability to be a more of a tech army. And my recommendation to the Ministry of Interior was, I said, my recommendation is you get, at that time, uh, of course, Abe was still alive. God bless his soul. I said, you go ahead, sit down with Abe and tell Abe if he can, once he talks to his companies, that they might be able to support and the uh, expansion of China's tech capabilities multi-wise, and you'll understand why I gave this recommendation, he should fly unannounced to China, land there, and give that proposal to uh, Xi. There's two things that Xi's going to do. He's either going to say yes or no. If he says yes, you got him, because now you got the backbone and everything that is uh, going to them, and you could shut him off in a heartbeat if they decide to use him against you. If he says no... Now you definitely know the intent, and now you could prepare early. And that was, Mike, that was in 2015. That was before I came back and I published the uh, article, which Al, uh, there's so many edits and uh, 
you know, hop on uh, for the uh, new power relations that really laid out what uh, Wang Yi's vision that he proposed at the Broking Institute, which at that time even, uh, you know, Susan Rice took to stage at George Washington University. We thought she was going to counter it, but she turned around and talked about how to envision it seriously. And now we are where we are. That planet what year they did laid you out. But what year did you and I meet with those tribal leaders? I don't recall. Um, I think it was 2017, 2016. Sounds about or, right. Yeah, 2017. or I don't think it was 2016. I think it was 2017 that we met. Um, I got to go back, look at my notes. But uh, look at, you know, all this was happening. And uh, why? Because uh, they were trying to expand the, uh, you know, it was a year before yes year to the date uh was when the coup took place in burma is when i had submitted the white paper to the national security council mm. so it was before so, that yeah, right yeah yeah so it was a year to that date uh, i think and, i'd just gotten back from burma actually yeah and i it's funny because i'm, I'm i talked to uh i talked to truck just a couple of uh uh weeks ago and uh or no just last week and i told him hey you know you're every time i try to catch him I'm like, hey, Chuck, let's talk about Ukraine. He's like, ah, oh, we already moved on. I'm in Israel. I'm like, let's talk about Israel. He's like, I'm already moved on. I'm in the southern border. I'm like, let's talk about southern border. He's like, I can't. I've already moved on. I'm in uh, Burma. And I'm like, good God, dude. You're like always ahead of me. You're supposed to be where I would I would be able to track you, at least help you if anything happens, you know. <laughs> Put an air tag on him. <laughs> Yeah, or, just track them that way. It'll probably be a lot faster. Or you use the uh, <laughs> I track the muckrakers. Yeah, ICEM number off of him uh, to uh, make sure every time he pings somewhere, I can pick him up. But uh, you know, we're here to help. Uh, we're even offering that. This is that. huge. Michael talks about the force multiplication efforts, and you know, getting on media all over the place like yours and everybody's has been really helpful. And getting people like you to come to the border is massively helpful. It is that force multiplication effort of new media because. You know, all you ever see Fox News cover or CNN or anybody is they stand on the on the U.S. side of the Trump wall and they look they look around and go, oh, yeah, some migrants are coming through these poor oppressed people. But they're not telling you the backstory of Lake and Riley. They're not telling you what's really going on down the Darien Gap. They don't have cameras and crews watching the the horrific, inhumane conditions of these people that have been lured through really dangerous conditions to find out they're not getting any help from HIAS or Doctors Without Morals or UNHCR or any of these, you know, OIM, any of these NGOs. Nobody's helping them. They're on their own and they're paying cartels tons of money to make an unsafe journey and get raped along the way. And the best thing that they get is a rape kit before they go into the jungle because they're going to get raped. So here you go, your parting gift as you go into the jungle. Have fun with your rape. That's yeah, and uh, unfortunately, even if there's a change in um, in uh, leadership and uh, President Trump uh, uh, wins and comes back to the office, there's going to be deportations, and a lot of these folks are going to be deported. And uh, you has know, to happen. You know, I stand with yeah. President Trump. Deport them all. Yeah, they're going to go home, and they're you know now they're going to go. You know, I sold my car to come here. Well, now you're going to go back home, and you won't have a car to drive around in. Right. Um, yeah. You know, but it it is what it is. Uh, they have been sold a uh, sizzle on the steak in the commercial. And yep. uh, unfortunately, they're going to realize how uh, empty that is. And it's not going to set us up for positive long term relations in the southern hemisphere either. It's going to cause a lot of internal issues here and also problems uh, specifically with what we're trying to do with the uh, nations down there. You know, Sargas, I, I beg to differ a little bit on that because I think we have partners down there that we can work with. I think, you know, there's a wonderful lady who is really a, a solid Trump fan herself. Um, 
uh, Maria Cabal, who's down in in uh, Colombia. She's a senator down there. She ran for president last go around. Believe she's running again this go around. Uh, you've also got Mile in Argentina, Bukele, uh, who's you know leans in the right direction despite he's having to work with criminals in his in his community. The fact of the matter is, they did clean up El Salvador, and uh, Trump negotiated that. You know, he said, "Look, take these MS-13 people. We don't want them, or you're you know we're going to cut you off." So there are people that I think we can work with and set an example. The problem is these countries have just been under communism for so long and socialism. They don't know how to how to get out of it. And I think if Americans can show how to restore the republic, we can export that ideology and that roadmap to other countries to do it for themselves. But we shouldn't be sending in the CIA to overthrow governments and install their communist regime so they can do more money laundering and drugs and narco trafficking and sex trafficking. No, no, no. We got to show the people how to do it. And the people got to clean up their own countries. Because in the end of the day, I don't think anybody really wants to migrate somewhere else. They love the country that they're born in. That's just germane to the people that are, are born in a country, right? You, We love our country. I don't want to live anywhere else, but it's, at some point, it's not going to be safe for me here. And I'm going to be looking where I can go and take my family if we don't fix it here. So I stay here and I fight like hell. Like Michael said, I wake up fighting, I go to bed fighting. I don't know anything else because I'm not leaving this mess to my kids or my grandchildren. Yeah, we can't. Uh, none of us can. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Argentina, you know, he comes in and in a, f a few months he uh, balances the budget. Uh, I'm shocking. It can yeah. be done. Wow. Whoosh. It, it, Ooh. It, Who it says, wow, whoosh, woo, while doing dope? <laughs> That'd be the doper Joe Rogan. We call him dopamale. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, wow, they're coming across the border. Give me some more bong, you know, seriously. Yeah, I hear you, Mike. Um, uh, you know, look, uh, the only one thing I would say on the El Salvador piece, uh, you know, MS-13, yes, but uh, he's if he doesn't <laughs> slow down because he's putting some of the uh, oppositions in the in prisons too, uh, you know, you know how the three-letter agencies work. They may, uh, they may use that against them. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes that's how they make that money. Uh, I do want to have uh, make sure our audiences know that all my uh, shows go to podcasts, typically one or two days after the uh, broadcast is heard on talk radio. You can also hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, uh, Pandora and iHeart Podcasts, and many more. Be sure you subscribe and rate the shows on Apple Podcasts for me, and also be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for the uh, latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the videos, so that we can help secure America's future. With that said, we are going to come back to our last segment with uh, Am Andersteel and Michael Young. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. 
go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use CofixRx because it works. Welcome back to the final segment of uh, today's show on the National Security Hour on uh, America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio. I'm your host, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Sergeant Singer, U.S. Army retired, with uh, two of my friends, Ab Anderson and Michael Yon, um, talking about their most uh, recent uh, visit uh, to Panama and uh, the various areas around the border. And uh, Mike, I know last segment we talked about Burma. I just looked it up here again just to refresh myself. It was during the uh, 17 to 13 January 2018 visit to uh, northern and southern Thailand. Yeah, so I was off a little Mm -hmm. bit, but, you know, it happens. But, uh, again, uh, at that time, I was looking at the numbers. We had uh, over uh, 65,000 people that were forced from their homes, and 6,000 were killed at that time. And then we found out that it was, of course, everything was attributed to the – uh, what was happening with the Burmese General Helang and, uh, uh, you know, in the Arakan region where Chuck Holton is right now getting strafed by uh, aircrafts that are probably supporting and uh, advised and backed up by the Chinese Communist Party. Because at that time, China, um, and I stated in my white paper, uh, the Chinese cons- uh, government consortium known as CITIC, China's International Trust Investment Corporation was streamrolling a $14 billion project into the region centered around uh, the towns there to build that deep water port to bring that uh, Middle East oil in. And uh, unfortunately, as we turned over the uh, airfield uh, that we had uh, strategically ability to really strike China, uh, Bagram Airfield in Afghanistan to China now, where uh, there again, the Taliban is now again executing the people who supported us um, in uh, stadiums um, televised now um, in the region. And uh, um, they they're really have expanded their footprint. As you know, I had taken uh, Boy Gog Dang, a gentleman, down to South Sudan. We're trying to hopefully push for elections with a new change there. And, uh, you know, China is really deeply, heavily invested with money laundering into uh, Sudan itself. And Iran is now uh, establishing it as a base for itself in Sudan to counter on behalf of, of course, uh, with the backbone of the Chinese Communist Party uh, to counter both Egypt, that is, in two, uh, I, I should say Egypt, uh, and the Egyptian government that is allied with uh, Israel and also the Turks who are in Tunisia because it wants to be the lead of Islam within that region. And, uh, you know, you see some of the same elements basically building the uh, roads, in this case, the Chinese, that are expanding uh, the uh, uh, ability of people to transit through the daring gap in the jungle uh, into the United States as it uh, strikes deals with the uh, cartel um, that uh, is uh, supporting him in, uh, in Mexico. Uh, do we? Do you think, Mike, from your perspective, that there's any way possible, uh, and I know we're assuming, let's say Trump comes in, he wins, that, uh, you know, all these illegal aliens haven't voted on, you know, mail-in ballots, and, uh, you know, he's able to at least win the electoral college and stays in for four years. Do you think he could sever any of those ties that have been established by the CCP with the uh, drug cartels and put pressure on Mexico to at least 
allow us to stop what is flowing on the southern border of Mexico rather than on the northern border of Mexico? Mexico doesn't have anything to do with it. I mean, the United States is the one doing the invasion. I know that sounds crazy to say Mexico has nothing to do with it. But the United States, I want to be crystal clear who's causing the invasion. The United States is causing the invasion. The invasion. I keep hearing, you know, like our mutual good friend, Todd Benzman, he and I argue about this all the time. He wants to penalize, you know, Colombia and Panama. I'm like, where, Todd, you study this stuff. Who is causing the invasion? The United States is causing the invasion. The World Economic Forum and the Chinese Communist Party work together and they've captured parts of our government. So our government captured, like, you know, that fungus that takes over an ant bed, you know, and grows on the ants and makes the ants do work. You know, they're like the fungus that have taken over our government. But the so the bottom line is, you know, the remain in Mexico idea is just completely ludicrous. They're coming across Canada. They're coming across Florida. They're being flown in from Colombia 24-7. They're being flown in from Guatemala 24-7. So what's going to happen when we close the Mexican border? Nothing. They'll just come in the Canadian border. They'll come up on Florida like they already are now. They'll be flown in on on uh, swift air flights like they are now 24-7, right? So it, it's irrelevant, the stay in, uh, stay in Mexico policy. It's our own government. And, to, and, and, and even if we start mass deportations, you got a lot of people within the United States. They're going to give these people a cover. They're going to be hiding them. They're going to be throwing wrenches in our way to deporting them. I mean, the, the, the fact is we're in a civil war. I mean, that's obvious. It's just not obvious to everybody yet, but it will be soon. It's obvious to more and more people as their, as their neighborhoods get flooded in with, uh, uh -oh, as their neighborhoods get flooded in with uh with people from all over the world right and the crime is just going through the roof anyway i hope you can cut that no it's okay i am okay. uh we're, we're okay uh we're still good uh on our, on our discussion but uh and uh you know mike says that even the policies that were under the previous POTUS um uh may not even uh uh, do anything really um, and I, I agree that you're going to have a fight trying to deport uh, uh, some of these individuals even if they are criminal elements uh, that are here uh, I mean we still don't have an answer to the whole issue of DACA um, and um, I met a couple of DACA recipients who are actually graduates and have uh, you know achieved law degrees in our uh, uh, been here in the United States without knowing if tomorrow they might be deported. Uh, how do we, and I know your your approach on how do we fix it, but how do we fix it under a possible Trump administration? Because if he comes in and goes back to what had worked for him before, he's going to lose a couple of years. Is there anything that, uh, and I've had like a gentleman like Tom Holman on my show, and I've asked him some of these critical questions. Is there anything that we can do because unfortunately, the U.S. code is not going to change. And if we're not going to get anything in a Congress, and, and frankly, I, I got to tell you, I wasn't even looking at running in the future anymore. But after what happened, uh, you know, with the uh, um, judge basically unilaterally saying that I'm going to remove Trump's name off the ballot, I'm seriously considering about uh, doing another run in 2018. Um, at least I know I got more votes last time I ran under COVID restrictions than uh, votes ever cast against Biden in Michigan. Uh, I received around 107,818 votes with $43,000 in the coffers. Most of it was in kind donations. So uh, I may look at another run at it just to 
be able to get in there to be able to have a place at the table. But with that said, if the U.S. code doesn't change, if we cannot have both uh, the uh, Senate and the House, and if you're not going to have holistic, systematic changes, even under Trump, how can we address this issue? Well, assuming that we have Trump as president, we need to go back to withdrawing from the World Homicide Organization, as our good friend Dr. Zelenko referred to it, WHO, pull out of that. Because frankly, we are in the middle of a, a soft coup and it's going to become a hard coup here, judged by some of the people that we've seen coming through the Darien Gap that have made their way into the country already. Already, And because of the uh, National Defense Authorization Act that Biden signed in December of 22, they've created a new set of laws and ignored it and they're ignoring our human rights laws, our constitution, you know, the, the document that protects us from tyranny. So underneath the pretext of a pandemic prepara- uh, preparedness and biosecurity agenda, that they're going to continue to march forward. So by pulling out of the WHO, by pulling out of the UN, defunding both of the organizations that we were in, that puts a big dent in their ability to fund the NGOs that are funding this invasion. So we start there. Then we need to collaborate. Our military and special forces needs to eradicate the cartels the way we eradicated ISIS under a Trump presidency. What was it? Uh, two, three weeks, guys? You guys were there. It didn't take very long to get round up ISIS and take care of that plague that was, you know, terrorizing us and countries around the world for years. We can do it too with the cartels and we can even leverage our relationships with our friends in the Latin American region. We have the intelligence we have on what's going down in Latin America with respect to cartels. We can put a dent in Russia, China's and Iran's connections into these cartels, the CCP's leverage they have with the cartels by just taking them out. And, you know, if, you know, we need to install what I've been now branding the Trump doctrine And it needs to be a hard line where we take back the Panama Canal that we gave away under Carter and Obama. We gave it away. And there's a neutrality treaty that goes along with it. And frankly, it's not neutral. The first flag that go through that canal when we gave it away was China. That was the first ship to transit. And the, the encroachment of China in that region, since we withdrew and have pulled out the American influence, is startling. You drive up and down the Pan American Highway, and you see nothing but Chinese bodegas and restaurants and, and grocery stores everywhere. Their influence is all over. The, the NGOs are governing the countries down there. You see massive structures uh, under the United Nations and embassies and non-governmental organizations all over. I mean, you would think you were these structures belonged in New York City. They're that massive. But they're in these countries like Belize with 800,000 people. And you've got buildings that that could, you know, represent a, a nation of 200 million. So they're setting up the governments for the Chinese Belt and Road Initiative, the World Economic Forum partnership with that. And they're one world government. They're setting it up. And if we don't exercise our influence and if President Trump doesn't step into the role of a Trump doctrine to replace the Monroe doctrine, which was highly effective at at, at, uh, keeping peace in the Western region, keeping that Panama Canal open, which is critical to our national security and our supply chain uh, for feeding everybody in this Western hemisphere, then we might as well just throw in the towel and, and, and take down the flag because our country is gone. So Trump is going to have some really hard decisions to make, but he's also going to have to have good succession planning, and he's got to be pushing the narrative hard. And it's not a narrative. He's got to push the the idea that Americans have to govern and we have to govern at the local level. General Flynn constantly pounds it out there. Local action has a national impact, Sargas. And I mean, you know, if, if Americans don't step up to the plate and start to govern at the local level and, uh, you know, take our country back county by county, then they've capitulated to the CCP. And maybe that's what Americans want. I don't believe it. 
I don't believe it in my heart at all that our DNA would allow us to become communists, but we have a, you know, we've been, our country has been brainwashed and they've done a masterful job with their fifth generation warfare, keeping us off our feet, destabilized and distracted while they just completely engulf the Western region with Iran, China, and Russia. It's, it's significant. Yeah, it is. And uh, you're looking at the uh, BRICS also. Uh, I know that uh, they're economically, we may not be as strong as uh, we sometimes make, believe, uh, you know, make believe that they are. And with uh, China having internal issues, look, I always believed you could always uh, take the teeth out of the dragon's uh, uh, mouth. You know, this is a year of the dragon, of course, uh, the wood dragon. Uh, but uh, uh and it's not that difficult. It's just that whether or not the people are making money on both of the sides of the aisle, as Mike has said, are willing to, for the good of the country and good of global security. I mean, look, uh, we're getting to a point where um, with a couple of more areas that uh, the uh, Russians have not taken in the, in Ukraine, you know, even the Ukrainian news, Zelensky is talking about, you know, maybe it's time for us to kind of look at uh, ending this thing but if you keep on pushing that you're not that far away from uh, use of uh, uh, nuclear weapons at the tactical level and that would be just absolutely uh, devastate it would devastate the globe uh, well you know but Sargus, uh, do, you, do you put it past our own country to deploy tactical weapons against their own people i mean they pushed look what look what, what lloyd austin did against the militaries decimated our military Look what they're doing. Look at our own, quotes government. They're not government. These are criminals that have done to the American people under the guise of pretending to be a government. I don't put the, our government. I mean, let's talk about Nord Stream Pipeline. Do you think Putin blew up his own pipeline? <laughs> let's, no, no. I, yeah. You know, I mean, our government is criminal and they're operating a RICO criminal syndicate worldwide. They're working in concert with other governments and oligarchs that want to control the world into one world government. And they have divided up the fiefdom you know, the world into their own little fiefdoms. And that's what the Declaration of North America was about, dividing, you know, the Western Hemisphere into, you know, one region of Canada, Mexico, and the United States. And it's, they're, that's the World Economic Forum's Agenda 2030. That's all part of it. Yeah, WEF it keeps on saying there's the largest mass migration in the, into the Northern Hemisphere because of uh, um, Manufactured atmosphere. by them. No, yeah, man, it, right, so the they are condemning us under, the, they're condemning us under their global climate hoax uh, as being the mass polluters. But meanwhile, you can't even land a plane in Beijing without, you know, instrument rating because the smog is so bad. There's not a clear day to be seen anywhere in China for the most part. Yeah. But they're condemning us and they're going to pile in millions and millions. We've got over 10 million people that have come across the border in the last year and a half or so. They're going to just pack our country and then tell us to do what? Eat bugs and drive electric cars and stay in your 15-minute city? Uh, I don't think so. Well, that's, they, not how, that's not how we roll over here. Yeah, they they were teaching that to my uh, my kid uh, in school, uh, and I found out I went with their CRT. The, yeah, I went in from the school board, gave uh, presentations there actually, and uh, told them how this is almost a genocide against my uh, Assyrian people, because majority of the Assyrians are here, and if you want me to compete against AI and the Chinese in the future, and all you're doing is teaching them how to eat bugs. How the hell am I going to be able to take this uh, this group and uh, create a nation out of it? It's, uh, it's impossible. But look, um, um, uh, with that said, we got a couple of minutes left. Uh, I do want to remind our audiences that you can find out more about my show and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu navigation bar at AmericanOutloud.com uh, under our show or schedule. You will be in the know. Um, and... Uh, 
I, again, with that said, I do want to thank uh, both my guests here, Amanda Steele and Michael Yon, uh, for joining me here today. Um, and I want to thank our audiences uh, for joining us on this mission. The National Security Hour is a tip of the spear and the epic battle to defend the United States of America with liberty and justice for all. Mike and Ann, um, we only have two minutes, so each of you gets a minute. Um, go ahead and take us out uh, with your last thoughts. Go ahead, Mike. Well, we're just looking at the air pollution index in China. Boy, I can't wait to get those Chinese doing business here. Look, you won't believe it. If you, I don't know if you've been to China, but I spent about a year running around China inside and just the periphery as well. And seriously, sometimes when you're landing an airplane at like Beijing, it looks like your wings are going to get stuck in the amber. You're like, you're never going to land. You're just going to be like preserved for future generations to find <laughs> a million years from now. You know, look, they were flying inside a giant insect. <laughs> <laughs> Forever Amber. Oh, my gosh. Forever you know, like, Amber. Marcus, I, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I've had the pleasure of running around now with Michael Yan and uh, on Operation Burning Edge and seeing what a true war correspondent is. I've rebranded myself an information war correspondent because it is all about the information right now. But yes, this is going to go kinetic. It already has. They forced vaccinated five and a half billion people by brainwashing them and using Psywar. So we have nowhere to go but up. I think we're going to have some incredibly difficult times in this country, but this is going to be where the ch wheat from the chaff gets separated in the Bible. We have to make a choice and uh, we can choose to do good and we can choose to fight back and defend God's second covenant nation, or we can just throw it all away. But that decision ultimately will fall on your shoulders and you will have to meet your maker and deal with it. Everybody's going to get the judgment one day or another. I just know while I'm here, I'm going to continue to do what God would expect me to do. And uh, I, I just hope that more people wake up to that simple, simple, simple philosophy. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a book called The Bible. Pick it up and read uh, Matthew 24 and start there and you get a clue of where we're going. Well, you, you know, uh, um, from your mouth to God's ears, uh, you know, it's not good when uh, you hear folks talking about possible disclosure. You know, I know there were a lot of documents supposed to be re released uh, on the timeline of 2030 about the uh, aliens. But when the aliens <laughs> are talking about the fact that we may have to come out and show our hand because these guys are really loody to you know, that uh, we're in the we're in a I'm bad an alien. Place. I'm running. I'm like, get me out of this planet. These people are nuts. <laughs> Well, you're talking to um, uh, an Anuki anyway, so, uh, you know, uh, Assyrians coming from another planet, as they say on our, uh, on our, you know, clay tablets. But uh, much appreciated, guys. It was a pleasure at the end of the show. Um, uh, stay safe out there. I look forward to joining you guys on the ground sooner than later. And I do want to remind our audiences again, you can find out more about uh, my show and get all the uh, latest podcasts if you go to the menu navigation bar at America Out Loud. Dot com under our show or schedule you will be in the notes.